Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Jeff Cohn with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, ops managers, success managers across the country to help find out how to best scale our businesses. Today, I have an awesome guest, Kay Houghton. She's going to intro herself. Kay is a dynamo. Uh, We've been talking here the last about 20 minutes just before jumping on and She's done some amazing things. We're going to be getting into some really fun topics today. So stick around. These episodes usually run about 20 to 25 minutes. So you don't want to miss out on this one. Kay, how are you doing today? Very good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Uh, why don't you share with the audience? I know a lot of times people will interview someone and the audience really doesn't understand where that person came from and what kind of successes those those people have experienced up to this point in their career. Share with our audience members maybe where you came from, because I know we talked a little bit about corporate America, and then what your team looks like. I know you guys just really started a couple years ago, right? Yeah, I. it's crazy to think about the fact that we have been in business as a team since 2016, so about what is that? 16, 17, 18, three That's and a half three years. years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we have really just done so much in that period of time. Sometimes I think about it and it's like, oh, well, we've been doing this for 10 years and it's just not the case. Um, I actually did come from corporate sales. So I was a, a B2B though. So business to business relationship manager, various different industries, um, pharmaceutical, um, medical nonprofit work, most recently clinical research. And I, it's really interesting how I got into real estate. Anybody who's been in sales knows that it's a very churn and burn environment. And you could literally be number one in the region, in the country. But if a product is cut or if the company goes in a different direction, you're out. So I went through about three layoffs in 18 months and found myself in a really precarious situation without having health insurance and with having some serious medical issues that led to a significant amount of debt. Um, And it was that point at which I said, you know what, I'm going to business into business for myself. And I'm going to create an environment where people have stability, they have opportunities for growth, they have um, the support of a family where I control the success of the company. And I know that I'm not going to do anything to cause this thing to go under. Um, You know, even if the market takes a turn, I know that we could weather that. And so in 2015, I started as an individual agent, learned a ton. And then in 2016, started hiring like crazy, brought on three individuals that year, three more individuals in 2017. And now we are a team of seven in the Metro DC area out of Keller Williams, Arlington, Um, this year on track to sell around between 60 and $65 million. Um, The goal, of course, is that big $100 million mark. And I would love to somehow get there. You'll be there next year. I would love to be there in the next couple of years. But with growth, I am uh, realizing comes challenges. And that's why your podcast has been so helpful just hearing from people who are doing 100 million, 200 million, these big numbers, um, things have to change as you grow. Um, And it's something that I've really struggled with, honestly. So I 
that's my history and yeah. kind of my, my plug for your show and how helpful it's been. I appreciate the plug in. We really work hard to get the best information out of the people we interview. It's fun being able to interview people with my perspective because I've done so many different things in and around the real estate space. Um, I'll hear some interviews and you can really tell based on the way the interviewer runs that interview and the questions that they ask, what experience they have in building and scaling a dominant business. And so already out of the gate, Kay, you've done a great job with your introduction. I know our audience members are excited to hear how you went to 70 million in three years and then the struggles. You mentioned entering into a lot of pain points. Audience members like to hear the pain and the failure more so, I think, than the successes. Anybody can get up there and say, oh, we sell hundreds of houses and do 100 million plus, but how and why and what are the struggles and the pain? And even today, like, where are you bleeding? You know, what is the, what is the thing keeping you up late at night? So we'll get into all of that today. We'll unpack it. One of the biggest things that came out of our pre-conversation that I'd love to just dive into right now is how you structured your team and all the additional benefits you're giving those uh, individuals that choose to align with you. So why don't you speak to that for a little bit? Yeah, it is. What we're doing is very different than what a lot of agents do when starting a team, but I am finding out that it's not entirely unique. There are other teams out there that are structured like mine, but I realize it's not the norm. Mm -hmm. And at least what I decided early on was that I wanted to create a company where people were employed. And I know that that's not common in this industry. Most people are 1099 independent contractors, especially if you're an agent. Um, But for me, it was really important because of what I had experienced with losing health insurance and losing benefits and um, really not knowing where my next meal was coming from. Um, And again, we want our salespeople to be hungry, so to speak. So we have a really great um, bonus uh, part of the compensation package is a bonusing system or process, but everyone on staff, including our salespeople, are actual employees of the business. So they receive a salary. They receive a 401k match. They receive health insurance benefits and it's 100% company paid. So there's no output from the employee. Um, and I know that we have only been doing this three and a half years, but at least in those three and a half years, we have had zero, um, loss. So 100% retention. Um, and I have no idea if my employees are lying to me at this point, but at least when we talk, everyone says how happy they are and how they have no plans to go anywhere else. Um, just because they get the stability, but then they also get to reap the benefit of production. So when we're doing well, everyone's seeing that. So my actual admin staff too, and this is something that's very different. So my administrative staff, my contractor close person, my runner, my marketing staff, my listing coordinator, they are all bonused on production as well. I really feel strongly that we would never be able to get to 50, 60, 70 million without those individuals. And I just always thought when I worked in sales that it was unfair that I would get bonused on what I did, but all of the staff behind me that was working to make this happen didn't see that benefit. So again, you get the support and the stability, but you still can be an entrepreneur and work towards um, building a business for yourself and being bonused out on that business. And I don't want to take that kind of, that's the exciting part of sales. And I don't want to take that away from people. I just wanted to create an environment where you had that stability. Yep. Well, I love it. And then you, as we all know, most agents don't sell very many houses. I think the average agent last year based on NAR did seven transactions and made $18,000. So to be able to offer a salary and benefits and all these things that a normal job would offer, but allow them to continue to keep their license and sell real estate under your umbrella 
and still even offer them that extra incentive of when you do put a deal together, you're going to be compensated. I love it. So help the audience members know how you structure it. If you can share salaries, if you can share bonus structure, obviously an agent probably doesn't get bonus the same way a showing assistant would get bonus. Would you sharing with us how you? Yeah, not a problem. And honestly, you know, our area is a little different. So I'm in the Metro DC area. I actually consider my price point, my average price point to be low for this area. I kind of, we always say like, we're the realtor of the people. We're not the, the luxury mm-hmm. realtors in this area, but even being a non-luxury realtor, our average price point can be anywhere between maybe five Twenty-five and six hundred thousand. Oh my god! So it's just—I know. I was just a realtor of the people in six hundred thousand. Well, the, and, and honestly, things are changing so much here. I know this is a slight deviation, but with—I'm sure you've heard about Amazon's HQ two, the new headquarters going into Arlington, South mm-hmm. Arlington, which happens to be our geographic farm, and it has just caused things to explode. I mean, prices have already increased oh in the last about six to seven months by about ten percent. And the forecast now for the next 12 months is a 17% appreciation on homes, um, which is just insane. I mean, you're talking about buying a home for 500,000 today and having it be worth, you know, 565 next year. Um, So we have a very, very active market. Um, And so some of these salaries may seem high is what I'm trying to say for people who are in other areas. Right. So if your average sales price, you guys, as you listen, is half of that, 300,000, which it, I think the nation average is like 250. In Omaha, it's like 225. So just, I would say, divide whatever she says by two or three. Yeah, exactly. On what number's about to come out of her mouth. So I'm excited, yes. Kate, for you to share with us. Exactly. Well, so on the average- suspense. The suspense. Okay, I built it all up. But for the sales agents um, or, or actual realtors, I would say a starting base salary anywhere in that fifty to sixty thousand dollar range. Okay. So fifty to sixty thousand dollars. Now that sounds like a huge investment, but if anybody's taken any classes, I'm with Keller Williams and they have amazing classes on hiring. They always talk about the fact that you're not hiring for a year, you're hiring for a hundred days. And if that person is not producing okay. in that hundred days, you do not continue with employment. Of course you can't just throw them out there and sure. say do it a hundred later yep. if they're not fire you have to be trained. Let me make one more comment. If you look at an average sales price of 600,000, how many homes do they need to sell at a 70-30 split to hit 50,000? It's not very many. It's not you know, very many. I think 10 deals and you break even. Absolutely. Am yeah. I right on that with that 600? I mean, what, how many deals to break even for you on well, that? Salary? You know, I was just going to say don't make me do math this early in the morning, okay, but I I will say, I will say that our our like so one of our buyers agents on our team Um, So right now we have two buyer's agents um, and they actually work geographic areas because in the Metro DC area, we have something called inside the beltway and we have outside the beltway. And if you know anything about traffic in DC, outside the beltway, maybe 15 miles and it can Mm -hmm. take you an hour and a half to get there. Would you believe I was in DC for three days about five days ago? No way. I was. yeah. We should have timed this differently and, and oh, had coffee or better. person interview. We yeah. have a person interview. Well, so the um, I have one agent that works outside the Beltway and another agent that works inside the Beltway just because it takes so long to get anywhere. Um, so those agents, they'll be on anywhere from a fifty to sixty thousand dollar base salary. And of course, if they're not producing, we have to look at that because that's money that's coming directly out of our pocket without any guaranteed return. However, I will say one of my agents, her name is Carrie. She works inside the Beltway right now. She's averaging about four closings a month, 
Um, and so that's going to be 40 to 50 closings for this year. Mm -hmm. So if you kind of do the math, if our average commission is $15,000, I'm really, hold on, wait, this is why calculators do are it. great. So if we have, you know, let's say she does 50 transactions in a year and the average commission, let's just do 16,000. Um, you know, we will make $800,000 on the work that she's doing GCI, of sure, course. Of so that it's like, you know, you, you subtract out her salary and then do the split. But here's what's interesting is our splits are much, much, much lower because of the fact that they are employees. So we pay all their payroll taxes. Right. So they don't have to worry about pay. I mean, the pay the real quick, just to make sure we're clear on semantics. You, you're saying splits now before it was bonuses. Is that the same thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so sorry. You're right. So we, I'll use the term bonuses because that will confuse people. Okay. So we're paying them, let's just say it's a $60,000 salary and then they're going to make 10 to 15% on every transaction that they do in the form of a bonus. Okay. So they're yes. at like an 85, 15 or a 90, 10. Exactly. And then they get their 401k. And you're back. a capper at KW, I'm assuming. So we have something called a half cap and right, we actually for them. pay their half cap. Okay, that's because already we, covered. So, and here's the thing, we pay their dues, their NVAR dues. We pay their everything. central e e and o yeah. insurance, MLS. Yeah, e and o, yep, we pay their cap, their $17,000 yeah. cap. They're employees. They're employees. Okay. So when you, you think about it, if that person's bringing in 800,000 and let's just say they're getting you know 15% of that, that's going to be, I mean, that's well over $100,000. I think the break even just for the audience listening, and I love this model, by the way, we've only interviewed one other person that's spoken to it. So you say a lot of people are doing it. I don't think a lot of people are doing it. I don't think well. a, a lot of people, I just, I reckon it. I'm, I'm not the only one. I'm not some of pioneer. Of course you're not. No, no, Redfin started this a long time ago. I think the traditional team across brokerage brands has, has, has struggled. And yeah. I believe they've struggled because I think leadership I think to lead someone, it's totally changing things. It's going to the mindset that we like to talk about on the show, which is you're running a business now. Whereas if you're just the traditional team leader, you're selling 50% of your deals come from your own sales and you let all the other agents go out and sell and you make a little bit off of each of their deals. Now you're running an actual business where you're needing to make sure that these people are generating profit. Otherwise, you're going to be losing money. Whereas in the traditional real estate team that I think has existed for too long, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if an agent sold or not. Because you have a, an army of 10 or 15 other agents that are- Oh, yeah. And it's that free. churn and burn environment. It's kind exactly. of like, you know, they come on, do a couple deals, you get a little bit of benefit, and then they leave. And this is like, people are seriously invested in growing this because their bonuses do grow as their production grows. So that's an okay. incentive as Does well. Does their salary grow as well? So, well, you know what? Our salespeople were hired about a year ago. Okay, so, so this is all new. So this well, is all very I new. think for anyone listening to this, my suggestion, I, I like employees especially to have clarity. I would say you all come in at this dollar amount and you can increase your salary based on production, based on revenue generated to the company, and then you can increase your bonus. I love calling them bonuses and not calling them splits, but they are splits. So 90, 10, 85, 15, whatever it is. And I would do that yeah. a calendar year. So once you hit house 25, you go up. Once you hit house 50, you go up. But I think that's awesome. I think it's a great model. So what yeah. have been the biggest challenges? Because I think when an agent gets a real estate license, I don't know of a single one who says, I'm going to get my license, then go get a job working 40 hours yeah. a week or 50 hours a week, closing deals, making $800,000, which I don't think a majority of those agents are going to do. 50 yeah. deals, but call it half that, generating 400,000 to K. She only pays me 60. 
Like I could see yeah. that become a problem and then those agents want to leave and they don't think that their success is directly tied to you. So how do you overcome that? Yeah, you know what? I mean, again, so much of this is new. Um, again, I when I started the team in 2016 through 2017, I was the only agent. I was the rainmaker, and that is another difference with other teams is that I hired um, a really strong administrative staff first and foremost. So mm -hmm. list, it literally was me with a listing coordinator, um, a contract to close person, a runner, and a marketing coordinator. And everyone's like, why do you need four admin? And it's like, well... I'm building out the foundation for bringing on these agents. Sure. And I will say that thus far, and I don't know if this will change, um, you know, the feedback because I'm constantly meeting with the two agents on my team, um, it's been extremely positive. Both of them did come to me from other industries and they were very successful. One was actually a, a, a mortgage broker, a lender, and the other worked in property management with luxury buildings here in the area. So Steve and awesome. Carrie. And both of them came to me um, really because they heard about what I wanted to do. I was putting it out there about how I wanted to recruit and how I wanted to compensate people. Um, and they came to me because they were attracted to that model where they had that stability. They had that support. They had come from commission sales before um, and they really it hadn't worked in real estate before. So these were new agents. Mm -hmm. Um, and they wanted to have the training and have the support and to, to know that they would be able to pay their bills while they were ramping up and getting sure. used to this. Yeah. I will say that, you know, you could make the argument, you know, and I heard you say this before, it's like, well, once they start building a lot of business and once they start, um, seeing how much, uh, GCI or commission income they're actually generating, are they going to say, well, I could do this on my own. And that right then is all about the value proposition. Of course. And you've talked about this before. I mean, our contract to close staff, the running services that we provide, the materials, our agents get marketing budgets so that they can host events. Carrie's very involved in the Virginia Tech um, alumni groups. Mm -hmm. We're hosting their large, um, you know, thousand person alumni picnic for the region and they actually get marketing nice. budgets. Plus their income does grow. And there is something to be said. I mean, these agents have the opportunity to make 150 to $200,000 with job security sure. and benefits That's and awesome. zero expenses. I mean, it's a pretty good gig. Sure. So let me ask you a follow-up. If they generate issues so far, but okay. awesome. If they generate the lead, do they get a better bonus? Yes, actually. So great question. Um, right now, because we are so farming heavy, a lot of our leads come from the farm. That word has never been spoken on our podcast before. What, what are you farm? referring to? I'm the one in Nebraska. You're in DC and you're talking about farming. No, can I, this is a no, total I'm, I'm side told, note. And you ahead. might actually, you might end up cutting this out because this is not relevant, but it's just so funny. <laughs> We're leaving so, it in. We talk about farming, 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 farming. That's our big thing. And Keller Williams, we went to um, one of their events, their family reunion events, and they had this class on ranching and like ranches. And my whole staff was like, oh, this is so cool. This has got to be a new form of farming. Oh we should go to this class. And we went, no, it was on selling it was actually ranches. ranches. <laughs> it, was, it, it was on actual cattle ranches oh and selling and we literally thought it was just some new take on the farming. All right, a spin but, off the word farming. Well, exactly. hey, let me get, let me um, just say thank you so far up to this point. We are going to dive into farming. 
And I know you're gonna have some really great knowledge to drop on us in this regard. I mean, of course, some people have spoken to farming. We speak yeah. to it, as I told you, off air. Uh, we do farming around 10,000 a month uh, to help generate leads for our single family yeah. acquisition investment company. But I do wanna just let the audience members know, if you have enjoyed this podcast and others, please go out to iTunes, give us a five-star review, and then give a shout out to the person that we interviewed. Yeah. Also, Elite Real Estate Systems, of course, offers coaching for individual agents at 97 bucks a month for eight hours of content. So typically someone will spend 75 grand a year to train their agents. Let us do it for you. You can learn more about that at EliteRealEstateSystems.com. And then we also have our team leader training. Team leader training was designed to not only offer all of your agents an, um, unlimited seats essentially in the agent training product, but also to bring the team leaders together in a group coaching setting once a week, four times a month, diving deep into topics that will actually help you build and scale your business. It's content that a lot of brokers aren't teaching because they don't want to become, um, they want to continue to stay relative and they feel like to do that, they should not show you how to run your own business. We're going to take that out from under them. We're going to show you how to run a business where you wouldn't need a brokerage, where you're ultimately a brokerage in and of yourself. We've chosen to stay, at, we're at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services in Omaha because of the reputation they have. But ultimately, we run a business as if we could be on our own. I'm sure, Kay, you're organization yep. is running in that same manner. So just wanted to share that with our audience members. If you want more information on any of that stuff, go to EliteRealisticSystems.com. And then if you want to schedule a demo call with our director of growth, you can just go out to ERSDemoCall.com and schedule a time right there on his calendar. Okay. Farming. Great, Great spiel. talking about farming. Here we go. Well, and I also, I, I didn't want to deviate too far from the question you asked before, which is what if the agents bring in uh, business? And, and the reason why I started with farming is because I needed to bring agents on because we, we just exploded in this farm area of South Arlington, Sherlington, and we had so much business coming in, I could not service it all myself. So I did bring them on to service the business that the team was generating. However, we obviously, in order to continue growing, we need them generating business. And at least to this date, the way we have done it is if they bring in, so Carrie had clients who were selling a large house in Washington, D.C. This is a high price point transaction. Even though she's not running listings, she referred it to the team and she received a 25% referral fee. Mm -hmm. So, um, and my um, administrative staff has that opportunity as well. So anybody, I don't care if it's runner, if it's, um, which we call, he actually was promoted this year to manager of field operations because there's a lot more that he does other than running. We actually offer staging services and various things that he um, runs with. But if he were to refer someone to the team, he would receive a 25% referral on that. Um, right. And it's a great way to encourage these people to get out there um, and have those conversations and generate income. And it, it goes back to that idea of wanting to give every single person an opportunity to be an entrepreneur. I think one thing with a lot of the real estate training, and I don't want to criticize Keller Williams for this, but they, I think they really believe that anyone can be in sales. They just have to have the right training. I find that there's a lot of people that just don't want to be in sales. That's not their, their dream. They don't enjoy that. They love marketing or they love um, doing contract to close. But by doing that, they miss out on an opportunity to be an entrepreneur and to, to grow their business and to become... Right you know, to have the financial gain that agents do. So everybody does have the opportunity, whether you're the agent on the team or sure. marketing staff to refer at a 25% referral. I know we, we talked off air as well today, Kay, about our, my investment company, giving our acquisition managers yes. the opportunity to bring us leads 
and the leads they bring us will will actually buy the property and give them ownership in that property mm-hmm. kind of using that same kind of that mind, same mindset i know moving forward there has to be a hybrid option like that where agents actually feel like their their leadership is including them in the business opportunities including them in the investments yeah. including them in the uh, the upside of those real estate transactions. So I love that mindset. And I know that that pays dividends for you. Yeah. And that is our goal. That is our goal. We're not there yet, but absolutely. We have an entity Houghton homes and we do, we have flipped several homes and we want to purchase and hold homes and give people the opportunity to invest in that. And as you said in your podcast, talk about a retention strategy. I mean that the 401k too, believe it or not, because there's a vesting strategy or there's a vesting plan to that. There's a little bit of a strategy there. People, but I certainly think having a 10% ownership stake in a property is going to be a little more um, appealing or hard to lose yeah. if an agent was considering making a move. So, but all of those are ways to reward people sure. for not just loyalty but longevity. Yeah. Again, the process of hiring is so challenging. Also, yep, I would yeah. say also key leadership positions. So, Elite Real Estate Systems was actually born organically, and I took my two direct reports, Andy Cuny and Kevin McGowan. And we became owners together of Elite Real Estate Systems. And of course, that was partially a strategic play on my part where I didn't want to give away ownership in my real estate team, but I wanted them to be able to taste what it's like to be an owner and have obviously reap the rewards of that. And it's been a, a great, we've had a great experience going into it. Of course, communication is key there, but helping your people within your organization grow just beyond, like I love your point, not everyone wants to sell and that's okay. Gary Keller taught, I went to the One Thing course down in Austin maybe four years ago, and he said, our, our number one role is to find talent. You're always recruiting talent. Mm-hmm. And what I found is if you are constantly looking at people and asking yourself, where does that person best fit? Where will they be the happiest? Where will they be the most successful? You, they'll always stay with you because now you're serving them. Yeah. No one else has served them that way. People have used them and abused them like the traditional broker. They've taken advantage of someone, a third-party contractor, yeah. not giving them the support that they've needed, and that person has not blossomed into what that person needs to blossom We're into. trying to fit them into a, a box that's just not what they want to do. You know, they always, There's a saying my mom used to say, do what you love and the money will come. And it, that is true in a lot of professions. Unfortunately, it's not true in a lot of professions. So it's, it's like a lot of people true. just don't have that opportunity to earn the extra income because it's not how their job is structured. And I just don't think it's fair. Um, and the, and everyone contributes to our success. Um, and so everybody deserves to be rewarded. So we only have probably about five more minutes. Let's download your top strategies in farming. What are you spending? How many leads are generated? What's the content look like? How long have you been doing it for? How are yeah. you divvying up the leads? Who takes what? All of that yeah. fun stuff. Okay. Well, let's see. <laughs> Farming is, it's just so funny because I teach so many farming classes. So I'm going back through my head. What are the numbers exactly? I don't have them all exactly in my head, but I can give you an overview. You know, when I first started, so I'm from Michigan originally. If I start talking enough, I'll start saying things like (laughs) calendar and guarantee. And you'll be like, oh yeah, she's from Michigan. Um, But I'm from Michigan originally, lived in Florida for seven years, moved up to D.C., And I, what I didn't have in Florida was that sense of community that I had in Michigan. In Michigan, you literally could go get a cup of sugar from your neighbor. Um, Florida, I just didn't have it. It was a very transient Mm -hmm. community where I lived. Coming up to um, Metro DC, there's a community, this Sherlington, Fairlington area in South Arlington. Um, It's actually former military housing. There's two different Park Fairfax, Fairlington, um, kind of former military bases that have about 6,000 homes between them. Um, and 
it just, it was so appealing to live there. And as I lived there, I started being more and more involved in the community on the board, founding member of the Fairlington Cat Club, all of those fun things. Um, And I just realized that when I got into real estate, that there was a huge opportunity here to literally serve this community and to serve my neighbors. So it happened organically. I will say, I think that's the best way to do it. I talked to so many agents who want to start a farm and they're just looking at the numbers. Well, I was told it has to have a 10% turnover. It has to have this, it has to have that. But it's like, if you're not there every day and you're not passionate about it, uh, that's going to come through. You can't just mail to a community and expect them to call you. So we have just become ubiquitous with Fairlington, Sherlington real estate. It's like, you can't Google it without our information pulling up. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't go to the theater without seeing our displays um, that we have the whole mayoral campaigns going with, you know, like the election signs, yep, like the kind yep. of vote for K. Our telephone number is actually 703-CALL-K. You really oh, can't cool. get that number and that is everywhere. Um, and so, you know, last year, believe it or not, we did spend a total of about $100,000 on marketing total out of like a $1.2 million budget, I would have to break down exactly how much was in the farm versus um, a sphere of influence and parties and mailing to those individuals. But it's certainly not inexpensive. Um, But it's so much more effective. When we do do a mailing, it's not just a mailer that goes out and says, hey, call us one day for real estate. It's an invitation. We rent out a two-story pizza Mm. party. And we do a meet and greet for all of the neighbors. So every mail piece will be an invitation to something? Exactly. We have a fall festival every year. We have a Wags and Whiskers pet event. We are the lead sponsor of the Sherlington Craft Fair and Market. We're the lead sponsor of the uh, Fairlington Farmers Market. So we're inviting people in, bring this brochure or or this uh, mailer by and get a free water bottle or a free collar for your pet, that kind of thing. Uh, Yolanda, actually, who I've talked about, my marketing person, she is just obsessed with this this idea. Is Is she with you, by the way, right now? She is. Let me just try. Oh, well, actually, Yolanda, come this way. My house is under construction, so I'm so not going to turn the camera before around. Before we got on air, Yolanda said she hated speaking in public, but we're going to help Yolanda face some fears today. We'll see if we can get her to sweat. We'll see if we'll even be able to get her on camera. Just say hi, Yolanda. Come on, Yolanda, just for a second. Hi. Hey. hey. So How you doing, Yolanda? Yolanda, real quick, come here. She seems unassuming, but she is a powerhouse of ideas. Yolanda is the... Our audience members want to know how much time do you have to put into planning all this stuff? Because I know for a lot of high Ds, they're like stressing out going, I can't do all of this. I can't get involved. But I know from my own team's experience last year, we, we put on five or six different events. And it's interesting, if you do it strategically, you can tag on to someone else's event that they're planning, and then you just become a part of that. So can you speak to that just for 60 seconds? Yeah, I mean, how, how much of your job is event planning? It's like, gotta be 50 to 60 percent of the yeah, job yeah it right? does take up a probably i would say more like a quarter of my time a lot of our events are like piggybacking on events and ideas like from last year so it's kind of every year we do the same events and we do have a new event it just works out so it's, once is, you is get a couple easier? years into yeah it, once you've done the same really event easy. it's just copy paste almost, yeah exactly right? yeah and her what i was gonna say about her idea she's obsessed with this ice cream social idea she really wants to get the ice cream truck and have the ice cream social but we've been thinking about piggybacking so locally in the Sherlington area they do a um what is the movie night 
They do yeah. a movie night uh, like in the park. And then we also have the farmer's market, which she got us the lead sponsorship in that. It actually was another agent and she got us that lead sponsorship. Oh, nice. um, but we're thinking about piggybacking with that and in utilizing and actually partnering with those organizations that are hosting those events. And then you can split up the cost of the mailers and it's kind of like, sure. Hey, Final weekend of the farmer's sure. market, special ice cream social hosted sure. by Kay Houghton and Associates. I love it. That's awesome, Yolanda. And, you know, as we go into this a little bit deeper and think about farming, I think the future of farming is obviously using social media, even phone calls, door knocking, community events, inviting them to something. It's different than in the olden days when people would say, you ready to list your house? You ready to sell your house? You ready to sell your right. house? That's not what you do. Value, value, value. You have to be a resource. I would say that that honestly, the majority of what we communicate and what we mail to people has enough less to do with our real estate services. Let me sell your house, and more with can I be a resource? Do you need a contractor? Do you need an interior decorator? Do you need a gardener? Um, do you have questions about property taxes, new assessments, that yeah. kind of thing? And when it comes to recruiting for everyone listening, it's the same thing. It's not, you want to join a team? You want to join a team? You want to join a, They know you have openings. Everyone has openings. What are you going to do for them? So I love your, your marketing, Kay, could be, do you have benefits? Is your broker <laughs> yeah. 401k match? I mean, you know, we please. haven't done too much with recruiting marketing right. just because we've been nervous right. about expanding more. But to be honest, like, when you're ready, up, you'll be knocking it You'll come up with something amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah awesome well Yolanda thanks for coming on the show today Thank yes you. that was a miracle that we got Yolanda awesome. we did it she's like, the si silent talented type who sits in the office and comes up with amazing ideas all day long that's great well we all want to have a Yolanda on our team and I have I have several Yolandas here and I would never be where I am today without them so yep. thank you to all the Yolandas out there for all you guys do um Kay how does someone get in touch with you if they want to follow up on any of these concepts or if they want to yeah. send you referrals or if someone in your marketplace wants to apply for a job, what's the best yeah. way to get in touch with you? So I always joke, you cannot lose the phone number. It is 703-CALL-K, 225-5529, 703-CALL-K. Call me anytime. Um, a great resource is our website. So that is my initials, K-H-Associates with an S dot com. So my email address is literally just K-A-Y at K-H-Associates.com. Um, but if you want to call, text, I'm more than happy to shoot you all of my contact information. Um, again, we don't have a great recruiting portal on the site right now. Um, we are planning to do much more expansion in the next uh, year or so. Um, but certainly reach out. We do receive messages from people all the time that are interested in positions. And I love the idea of creating that um, kind of that bench or that pipeline of talent because we're certainly going to need it. There's no way we can go from 60 to 100 in the next couple years without having more talent. Awesome. Well, great job today, Kay. It was great to interview you. I'm excited to one day meet you in person. If you do host the Ice Cream Social, mm -hmm. I would love to get an invitation to that. Um, or any of your future events, if you can throw me on there, I'd love to see what one of your invitations looks like. And I'm sure our audience members would as well. If you have a copy or something we could include maybe in the show notes, that would be pretty awesome. Yep. Also, as a reminder to anyone who's stuck around until this point, all of our podcasts that you're listening to on iTunes or Stitcher are also recorded on YouTube. If you ever want to watch the video of myself and the person we're interviewing, we are on camera right now. So I was very impressed with Kay's lighting. That's why I'm bringing this up today. Obviously, you have you have two white boxes or just one? No, no you don't have white any? boxes. What is this, let what me is just the light you. on your face? Where is it coming no, from? Let me just tell you that I so I 
I'm working with a decorator. I'm renovating my house. If you had, had done this last week, I wouldn't have had a ceiling. So the home's coming together really nicely. But for some reason, this dark gray wall with my dining room light right here is just producing. I actually went around the room to find the best spot and it is producing this like glowing halo. Yeah, it looks awesome. So it really looks good, right? But no, yes. it's literally just my dining room chandelier against this, this dark gray okay. it looks great. to be reflecting. So okay, I- Okay, well, there you go. It's hard to recreate that. I bought two LED lights. A lot of people ask me about the podcast. Um, I'm just at my home today. Um, yeah. Obviously, I have the mic. It's pretty simple. Laptop, mic, and then two nice LED lights. They're, you can get them on Amazon for like 50 bucks each, and it helps yeah. you know, fill in the lighting here. But um, I get so many questions about that. So that's kind of how we do it. So, Well, I'm glad awesome. this worked out. It was a great podcast. I cannot believe Yolanda's probably going to quit now, but I'm so glad that we got her on camera. I will make it up to her. Um, she really is a, you know important part of this team, and I'm so glad we were able to feature what she does as well. And again, I'm just I, – I really – I'm glad to participate because I think it is so important to talk about the people on the team who aren't necessarily the sales agents, but who really make it happen. Absolutely. I agree. Thanks, Kay. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Yolanda. Thanks. Talk to you all soon.